baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, good morning, everybody. It's 10.08 WGIC News Talk 1080. This is the Will Marotti Show. Your host, Will Marotti, Matt Sorois, our faithful master of ceremonies, and you, our highly valued listening audience, callers, contributors, and uh, otherwise uh, otherwise friends. Um, you know, if you, I, I've been saying this all along. You know, if you're ever going to run for office, this is probably a good year to run because I think there's going to be some some coattails of the Republican revolution that's going to happen in Washington in November. And uh, this is, it doesn't matter what, state rep, dog catcher, if you're, gonna, if you're ever going to run, I would take a shot this year. And sometimes things, the winds of fortune just work out well for folks. I think the fact that we have a, uh, an election for governor this year and, and uh, you know, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, unfortunately there's, there's scandal, scandal in Hartford with steering contracts and that things of that nature. Uh, and and now, I mean, I don't get. I mean, I get it. I get it for the forty thousand state employees, but giving them a thirty five hundred dollar bonus, really? You know, it just I don't know. Someone who understands this intimately, and and uh, we've asked to be our guest, and he's here is a uh, uh, the. Uh, State representative for the 82nd district, uh, 86th district, which is Durham, part of Guilford, North, North Brantford, and my own beloved Wallingford. Uh, he's also the House uh, uh, Republican leader, uh, one of Vin, uh, Vince Candelora. Welcome back, Vince. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, can you can you give us any update on the on the whole construction steering school scandal thing? Is there any any new news or where do, where does that all? Uh, well, there's, that, there's not a lot more to talk about. You know, no matter how hard we, we try to get some level of investigation and detail out of it, um, the Democrats work that much harder to try to punch it down and keep it out yeah. of public eye. Um, but we still have some significant concerns of not even necessarily what, what some individuals did, but specifically what the governor's office did. How soon did they know about um, these allegations and why did it take them a year and a half to do anything about it? You know, it wasn't until a federal subpoena uh, hit their doorstep that they yeah. actually took any sort of action. So, um, you know, those are sort of the base questions that we really need to have answered. And that federal inv- investigation continues, correct? It does. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, they have a slow, methodical process. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a criminal investigation, so they are not going to disclose, you know, what they're doing. Um, but I think for us and, and the public trust, as we have a governor that's responsible for administering a 20 plus billion dollar budget and $6 billion of ARPA funds that, that he should be held accountable and, and tell us what he knew when he knew rather than just coming to a microphone and saying, I knew nothing. I saw nothing. It doesn't absolve him either. He was completely incompetent 
in the situation or he uh, intentionally covered it up. You know, neither one is a good answer. Yeah, not, not good either way. I, I have long held the belief that I, I think it's a, a conflict for uh, state employees paid by taxpayer dollars to have union negotiation, union representation. I think the General Assembly should handle that. Um, so when anything anything pops up about, you know, renegotiation or $3,500 bonuses to 40,000 state employees, of course that, 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 that gets my attention. Um, what is happening with the governor in negotiation, and is that is that true, Vin? Are we going to be given thirty five hundred dollar bonus on top of all the COVID pay we, we received to, to state so employees? So that's what the governor has signed off on is is a thirty five thirty five hundred dollar bonus for forty three thousand workers. Um, that doesn't include any kind of hazard pay for COVID. Um, it also doesn't recognize the fact that these employees got raises through COVID. Sure. They were able to work from home through COVID. Never missed a check. Uh, right. That's right. They never missed a paycheck. <laughs> and now we're negotiating a deal that is probably going to break the spending cap in the yeah. state of Connecticut. And, you know, to put it in perspective, that the bonuses alone are $150 million <laughs> that the state is going to have to pay for. We just got um, some information that for just the, the Connecticut, um, Central Connecticut State University system. Yeah. Uh, it's going to cost them uh, over $140 million. So um, that is just the tip of the iceberg. We haven't even heard from UConn or all the other agencies on what these contracts are going to cost. And when it's all said and done, we could be looking at, you know, upward. I, I thought it might be $500 million, but I think it's going to be well north of $700 million. And at a time when we're faced with inflation where, you know, government spending caused this, and now we're seeing government policies causing the increasing in our gas prices. It really adds insult to injury to announce a lucrative deal of this magnitude. And the unions, I agree with you, um, they, they, it's odd to me that they collectively bargain. Um, they already have so much power in the legislature, and then they want to claim that they're the underdog and they're the downtrodden. Yeah, well, yeah. actually, you know, these contracts are breaking the backs of our taxpayers. Those are the ones that are the downtrodden. And government works for itself. It is not working for the people of Connecticut. You know, we're talking with uh, with, with Vin Candelora, our House Republican leader. You know, I saw, I saw a headline. I, I choked when I saw it that the governor and others are scrambling to try to avoid uh, – a rash of state retirements. And, and I guess, well, I guess, you know, you have the largest unfunded pension liability in the country. You would do that. But I'm like, why? I mean, less employees are probably a good thing. I don't know. I, you know, it's maybe a forced way to cut costs. What, what's the, what's the wisdom there? Well, I mean, the governor is really schizophrenic here because two years ago, he said that the retirements were going to be an opportunity for us to reinvent government and save money. Yeah. And he's now retreating from this innovative opportunity and now saying, oh, no, we need the employees. And it's, it's more of the same with this guy. Yeah. What do you stand for and what is your plan? Because all of a sudden now your plan has shifted. It goes right to the mask in school. Yeah. He wanted to keep masks and he wants to get rid of them. Oh, let me have the loca locals make the decision. We have a governor that's not willing to lead. He's more concerned with putting his finger in the air to make sure that he gets reelected and I think he's misstepping because people want a leader. 
We're yeah. seeing what's happening on the national level. We don't need a politician. We need a leader. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I, I just, you know, it just, it, I, I mean, even the bonus thing. I mean, I'm sure it's just coincidental that the bonuses are happening in election year, right? Yeah, and, and I'll say to that, you know, he wants to keep employees so you give them a bonus. Well, first off, April 1st, a lot of employees have already decided to retire. Yeah. Um, so you didn't, you didn't yeah, maximize the effectiveness of <laughs> right. that bonus. Right. And secondly, the colas that they're giving up is a 2% cola. Now, I haven't done the actuarials yet, but I, I think that it, it runs pretty close to the $3,500. So I, I don't believe that this is going to really incentivize anybody to stay. The proof will be in the, in the pudding. But what I do know is it's going to cost the taxpayers $150 million for a proposal that sounds pretty half-baked. I know. I know. Not all state employees are are Democrats. I know not all state employees are are uh, Lamont supporters. But but anybody that might be on the fence, <laughs> I would think this might might push them in that direction. I mean, it certainly emboldens the unions to to be very pro Lamont at this point. Well, it's interesting because I actually, for the first time in fifteen years, I received two phone calls from state workers that told mm-hmm. me you need to vote against these contracts. Because they're wow. too rich, I can't even live with them. Wow! Yeah, so I've actually wow. got gotten those phone calls. So they're yeah. out there. I mean, yeah. I don't think anybody is really comfortable with where Connecticut is is landing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have a lot of money flying around. Everybody thinks it's rosy, and you think you know a year ago how much the Democrats were crowing about all this federal money coming through, and they're starting to get awful quiet now because mm-hmm. we're seeing the economic impact of those reckless decisions. And I think, you know, these union contracts reek of the same type of um, reckless behavior. The spending is so exorbitant and rich that even the people that are are the beneficiaries are starting to think, you know, we might not be able to sustain this. And in in the long run, they may be a lot worse off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do you think about my my theory? I say this half tongue-in-cheek, but if you were ever going to run for something, maybe this is the year to do it as a Republican? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think not just because I think the climate is good for Republicans, but we need people uh, who will stand up for uh, the the people and the masses and and fight for Connecticut and for what we love. Because Mm -hmm. right now we have a lot of individuals that are up here that are dealing for themselves. Um, and, and it's, it's not a good climate. And so, um, you know, I, I would, uh, anyone out there that's interested in running, you know, I'd love to have these conversations. We need to get public servants up here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't need any more government bureaucrats. I tell people all the time, I mean, you know, the old expression, I know you're familiar with all politics is local. What happens in your town hall generally has more impact on you than what happens in, in the state house or what happens in the, in the White House, quite frankly. And so I tell people all the time, if you want to make a difference, like the, like the Board of Ed is a good start, starting point. You know, get on the Board of Ed. That has direct impact on the educational system. And I was very distressed, and I only bring this up because you, your portion of your district is, is Wallingford. I was very distressed to find out that uh, they have introduced a policy, uh, tried to slip in a policy, uh, apparently, that uh, will allow uh, transgenders to compete in female sports. And... I guess I was taken aback by that because I'm thinking, you know, Wallingford's such a great place and it's a pretty level-headed place and, you know, it's a good place to live and raise your kids and they've got a great school system. 
But why why open the door for this? I mean, it just it, it seems yeah. it, it seems unseemly to happen in Wallingford. What, what do you well, think? Well, again, it, it's sort of to me, it's a half baked idea, and, and fundamentally, what it comes down to is is the child safety. My my daughter is an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, she's on the shorter side. She's you know five two or five three, and mm-hmm. um, you know she she is a goalie, and has said to me, you know, there should be weight classes. Then, if this is where we're going to go, we're going to eliminate gender. We should be going by weight class. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's an interesting point. It's not about discriminating against people. It's, it is about fairness, and it's about safety of the kids. Mm-hmm. I don't want a 6'5", genetic, genetic male, uh, kicking a soccer ball at my daughter. Right, um, right. You know, she actually had broken her hand from an adult male um, kicking a ball at her. So there's, there's real implications. I mean, right now it revolves around swimming. Mm-hmm. which is not a contact sport, but let's start talking about the contact sports and what impact that could have uh, on, on our children. Yeah. And if, if it was brought to North Brantford and, and my daughter was faced in that position, why should she have to decide whether or not she's going to play goalie anymore? Right. So I just think we are only looking at this through one lens. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trying to give somebody a right and at the same time, you're taking away other people's rights. It, well, that's it, I mean, you always believe my rights end where your rights begin. You know, I, I, I listen. If you wanna, if you wanna be, a, uh, you know, transition to another gender, I mean, it's up to you. I mean, no one should, no one should stop it. No one should ridicule you over that. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we see this already in swimming on a collegiate level that we have one transgender swimmer who is just crushing it. He, right. she has gone into that arena and is is destroying these female swimmers. You know, in 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 the in the events, and it's just it's just, you know, it's it seems to me to be against science. That I don't care what kind of hormone therapy you take, you're going to be naturally muscle structure, bone structure, body structure, totally different. And and it, That's right. why should these girls work so hard? We saw it last year with the track meets. These girls work so hard to compete and excel, and then a transgender athlete comes in and wipes out the field. Well, and it's also about college recruiting. You know, I just went through that process with my son, and he got a college scholarship. Oh, wow. um, could you imagine now if, if, if colleges, and of course, I mean, I, I, if I was a college, I would be recruiting a, a transgender who might be 6'5 um, mm-hmm. for these sports over a woman. And so we've gone so far with Title IX and trying to elevate women's sports, and that is potentially all going to be thrown out the window. Yeah. So um, I think it needs a broader conversation. I don't think we should be afraid to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think in the world of wokeness, mm-hmm. they try to shout down the other side. But we need to, to present the other side. And, and uh, it is disappointing that schools are taking the leap without really understanding what the impact could have on our female athletes. And, and that's why I encourage people to get involved at the local level, yeah. and particularly run for office, because this was a policy that got slipped in. And uh, hopefully, oh, no one will see it. No one will know it. Well, someone did. Oh, surprise, surprise. Somebody actually read it. And, um, and, and now it's causing some controversy. And, again, I'm just surprised because it happened in Wallingford, other places. I would not be as surprised if it was, you know, East Hartford. I would say, okay, it makes sense to me. But uh, it, it's frustrating to be a, a Wallingford resident, Wallingford taxpayer, love your town, and then have to have this stuff to deal with that you really thought you were kind of insulated or protected from. So I hope people will voice their their disapproval to the Board of Education of Wallingford on this on this new transgender policy that's going to be discussed. Um, anything else we should know? Uh, we're talking with Vin Candelora, the uh, 
uh, House Republican leader. Anything else we should know on on the you know anything boiling on the stove at this point that we should know about? Well, I mean, obviously, I think what's boiling over is the um, the, the gas prices, and um, you know, as as again, we have a lot of money flowing through this state, and we're hearing every caucus talking about tax relief. And I think it's something that the state of Connecticut needs to get its arms around quickly mm-hmm. because that is, that is having a real impact on, on families and, you know, working families, on seniors. Um, you know, we just came out of COVID where there was isolation, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't want to have to go back into isolation because people can't afford to drive to work or to events. And it's an issue that, that I think we're going to be needing to talk about uh, up in the legislature. Yeah, I mean, talk about disappointment. Right? We just get out of the tunnel of COVID. Businesses starting to recover. You know, people are, are actually excited about maybe taking a vacation this year. And and there we go with you know five dollar gallon gas prices. It, it's just so disheartening to think about it. It is, and and you know a lot of these policies again, it came out of you know this the Biden administration yeah. and and their decisions to want to move toward you know electric vehicles and mm-hmm. so forth and. Mm-hmm and cutting down on, on fossil fuels. And the reality is there's no infrastructure to support that kind of rapid transition. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, the thought that creating this level of pain was appropriate uh, is, is disappointing at best. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we look at some of these policies, we have to take it for what it is and really look at the feasibility of it. Uh, and I think that's a level of, of disconnect that Democrats have had mm-hmm. with the public. You know, they, they've become more of a, a, a party of elitism, um, mm-hmm. and they don't appreciate the impacts that these decisions are having on the working families. Absolutely. I totally agree. Hey, listen, thank you so much for being our guest. Always love chatting with you. Uh, keep up the good work. Keep up, keep, keep up the fight. I will. And represent us well. Uh, Vince Candelora from uh, the ha- uh, House Republican leader. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. All right, we're going to take a break, a couple commercials. We'll come back with some phone calls, 800-966-9842, right here on the Thursday edition of The Will Marotti Show. This is Local Radio, The Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back, 1038 WTIC News Talk, 1080, Wilmarotti, Matt Sorois. Let's go right to the calls. We're going to have Jazz Sean in a few moments. Let's go to the Silver City, Meriden, and Steve. Steve, welcome to the show. Amen, Pastor. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. And uh, I'm home from the bridge to no, out nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> the state bonus is outrageous. It's, Isn't that insane? $3,500? That is just buying votes as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it has to be. I invested in Connecticut for 70 years, and what do I get? The Democrats give away my hard-earned money. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. uh, Welcome to Connecticut. Wealthy people can afford to live here. They can pay the taxes. We reward people who are not productive, and we punish people who contribute to society. What will our grandchildren think of us Mm. when we dump this uh, debt on them? What a mess. It's it's just. Well, I mean, I is it surprising, Steve, that we have the fourth highest move-out rate in the United States? Uh, it's not, not to surprising. Me. I would have moved out ten years ago, but my yeah. wife at the time didn't want to uh, move. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. 
I, I've been to South Carolina, and that's that place was like heaven compared to here. I mean, no, I, I again, I can't tell you how many families in our church we've lost to South South Carolina the last three years. It's been a it's been a mass exodus to South Carolina. Yeah, I just appreciate what you're we're going to help us with all this uh, rhetoric we're talking about. You know, mm. it's uh, uh, you know, it's got to be shown to everybody. Most people yeah. don't get the paper anymore; they, they right? can't afford right. it. You know. And most people, quite frankly, they just want to live their life. They don't want to have to drill down for all this information. Oh, you know, it's just, you, and it's so I, hard I to tell who's the, telling the truth. You know, gasoline shortages, odd even Ugh. plates and uh, stuff like that. It, it was just, uh, you know, it's bad, getting bad. worse and worse. This is bad, the worst bad, I've bad. seen in my whole life. Yeah, it, it really is bad stuff. Yep. Hey, I listen, thank you so time. much. Thanks for calling from the Silver City, and enjoy the bridge to nowhere. We appreciate that. All right, uh, David, Susan, if you can hold on. We're going to take a few minutes to talk with our good friend Jazz Shaw from HotAir.com, and then I'll take the rest of the calls. Uh, <laughs> I did not say South Carolina is heavenly. No, I didn't say that. Oh, oh, he did. The caller did. The caller said South Carolina is heavenly. All right, let's go to the weekend editor of HotAir.com on vacation in an undisclosed location. He's probably in Tahiti somewhere. Uh, Jazz Shaw. Jazz, welcome to the show. Thank you, and yeah, don't don't be giving away my location. I'm actually off on a different planet right now, so you know I can't give up my secret. You know, I I I I know you haven't been writing anything this week because, or maybe you have, but I haven't seen anything. Um, I started the show just kind of talking about the confusion of who do you believe anymore, and specifically about the story that has been out for a while about U.S. funded bio chemical labs in Ukraine, and that's really the justification why, you know, Putin moved in there. Um, oh, you mean well, that Russian propaganda? What have you heard about true? it? What have you know? Yeah. What do you know? I mean, what do you guys talk about at Hot Air? I mean, it's hard to know. It's just hard to know who to believe. I mean, there's a number of people making the allegations that it's true. There's a number of people, mostly government people, that are denying it. Uh, Under Secretary of State's uh, Victoria Nolan, who I do not trust, you know, said it the other day in a Senate subcommittee being questioned by Marco Rubio. That's true. What have you heard? What do you think? Um, we're watching a game of extremely dangerous word salad being yeah. played. Yeah. Um, because I, I have to agree with something that I, I heard somebody playing a, a clip from Tucker Carlson. And uh, I, I have to agree with one thing. The sure, surest way you can tell when someone is lying yeah. is when they answer a question that nobody asked <laughs> instead of the question that was asked. That was Tulsi Gabbard that said that. <laughs> so there, there's been some good reporting uh, in just the last couple of days that's yeah. been done on this. Uh, somebody uncovered a document on the federal government government's website from 2010 announcing the funding and the opening of a laboratory in Ukraine yeah. that was studying extremely dangerous uh viruses yeah you know and it, it didn't get any air and i think people just sort of forgot about it but it's not the only one there's apparently quite a few and it's true that the united states government does not own those yeah. laboratories yeah. right right they do not directly operate those laboratories, and that's what they keep saying this is totally yeah. false we do not own or operate any laboratories that's not what we asked are you funding, are you funding them <laughs> apparently yeah. we are and that, and that's we heartbreaking to me. I mean, and nobody secured them when they knew the Russians were coming. I mean, this was a major screw up, and it could turn out to be a tragedy. It could be a know? major deadly screw up. 
Right. Particularly if the Russians gain all this information and 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 use of the labs now when they begin to you know occupy uh, Ukraine. I mean, I this is what bothers me so much. You know, you know, I love the country a lot. I love the Amer- I love America. I think it's the greatest country in history. Of humanity. Yes, we're flawed. Yes, we make mistakes. But I always want to think the best, even if there's bad leaders. I want to think the best of the country. But to come out and hear this after denial, 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 and find out that maybe it's true that we've got these the things that we're funding, these horrible, horrific, anti-human, anti-law justice biolabs, not only in Ukraine, but potentially in other places. It's heartbreaking to me. But how do you get the people responsible to be held accountable, if, if true? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> I was hoping you had an answer. Our elected officials who are supposed to be looking out for our best interest and shepherding our money knew that this was going on. Yeah. And, and let's be clear. No, nobody is saying they are weapons labs. Right. Okay. Right. But they contain really dangerous stuff that could easily be weaponized. Well, and, right? and with Wuhan, right? Wuhan's a classic example. I don't think it's necessarily classified as a. It is a level four or five, and 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 that is you know breaching now the weapons category. But even if it just has these harmful toxic strains in them, I mean, it could still cause enormous damage and and and, and human suffering. Just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I, know. I, I don't know how we got to this point. We're not right. pointing fingers just at Joe Biden. It right. No, started no, no, under no. the Obama administration. It continued under Trump. It's going on today, and nobody talked about it. I mean, that seems like it's important. You know, like you might mention it. You know? I mean, I don't know if it's CIA. Uh, you know, you never know. See that. My wife and I started getting addicted. We've been binging on this show, Blacklist, we discovered. It's still on now. I, I, I never even heard of it. I don't watch a lot of TV. And and I said to my wife, I said, you know what the thing I love and hate about Blacklist? It's this covert FBI, CIA, criminal stuff going on. Uh, I said, the thing I hate about Blacklist is uh, and love about it is that it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating that this kind of stuff is, is tied together. The thing that scares me is I'm afraid it's true. That there, there probably is a lot more of this really dark, criminal, covert activity going on behind our backs with our government's a knowledge or worse approval, CIA motivated. Um, it, it frightens me to think that there's this that we could be that dark. I don't know. If, well, I mean, everybody who studies their history will probably recall a little thing called the Iran Contra affair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back in the 80s, yeah. and that was a situation where it was at least partly the CIA, right? Yeah. They wanted to get money to do some certain things in Nicaragua that they weren't supposed to be doing and there was no funding for, and mm-hmm. so they arranged for arms sales somewhere else, like a three-way transfer, yeah. mm-hmm. and instead of putting the money into the treasury, they just kept it and spent it on what they wanted to do. And it's like, I guess this has been going on for really a long time. Well, I, you know, you hear stories about things like that over the years, and, and you wonder. I mean, uh, it, it just gives it gives you reason for pause. And if you really do love the country, then then you're like very disappointed that that your country would be involved behind active in something like this. And and then it gives it gives fuel for the people that I did totally disagree with. That oh well, Putin's justified in going in there because well, I don't care what, what his reason is. He's not justified in killing innocent men and women, children, but 
it, it just it just muddies the waters, Jazz. And it's like, how do you who do you believe? Who do you listen to? Other than hotair.com, who do you believe? Who do you listen to? I, I don't know how to how to differentiate it anymore. It's getting very difficult. And it, it, the lack of trust that I think it generates in the people towards the government is perhaps even more damaging than the actual things that are going on that they're doing, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. how do you trust them? I am, this is a totally unrelated story. I, I published something about it this week on a different site, not hot, not hot air, uh, but I, I am now above 90% confident that in 2018, mm -hmm. the FBI stole six tons of gold bullion and it disappeared and nobody knows where it went. Six tons? You know, six tons of gold bullion. And I, I wrote about when the, the story when it first broke, but now there's been more and more information coming out. Uh, it was a pair of treasure hunters who uh, had been for years tracking these rumors of a, a story that there, at the end of the Cold, uh, the Civil War era in the 1860s, there was this wagon load of gold bullion that was going mm -hmm. from Ohio to the Mint in uh, Philadelphia, mm -hmm. and it just disappeared. And they were positive. They had tracked down where it was. And they had taken metal detectors, and there was some huge, dense metal material underneath the surface out in this rural, stick-of-the-woods area in uh, northwest Pennsylvania. And, but it was on public land, public parkland. So they had to get permission to excavate. So they wrote and asked for permission. Instead of hearing back from Parks and Services, they were called by the FBI who said, don't worry, we're going to go excavate it. And they did not let the men go up and watch the excavation. They made them stay in their oh car. They were there all through the night, and neighbors yeah. reported dump trucks and excavators going back and forth, back and forth. The next morning, they came down and got the guys and said, oh, sorry, we didn't find anything, and invited <laughs> them to come up and look at an empty hole. And didn't find they anything. filed FOIA requests, and the FBI responded saying, no, we don't have any documents about that. And they appealed it. No, the Justice Department appealed it. Mm -hmm. And they came back and said, oh, well, yeah, we do have documents, but they're not subject to FOIA, which was a load of crap. So they they got appealed again, and they finally came back and said, well, we have 2,400 pages of documents and 17 videos, but we're going to have to review them all very carefully to determine what can be revealed, and that will take literally years. Really? You know, and, so, and, what, tell, what tell me that number. How, how much, how much is, that, is that loss here? How many tons? Six tons of gold. Six tons. Of gold bullion that was on its way to the mint, oh, and it disappeared. It was never seen again. Wow! And the legend said that whoever stole it had buried it, but then they never got a chance. They might have died in the war. Who knows? They never got a chance to come back and dig it up. And uh, and these guys claimed to have found it. And uh, yeah, it, it'd be fifty years before would, Disney can do be, a movie about it. Let me ask you this, <laughs> and, and, I'll, and I'll ask the audience this: Just ask yeah. yourself, what would be so classified? Right about right. an FBI crew showing showing up and digging a hole in the ground and not right. finding anything. Right, right. How, it, it, you know, it it, it, it strains credulity a hundred percent. Oh my gosh! It'll be fifty years and Disney will make a movie about it. Oh yeah, FBI treasure. They might be working on it already. <laughs> the missing the the empty hull, FBI treasure. Oh gosh, Jazz! Thanks so much for coming on. I I knew I didn't know it was your vacation. wasn't sure, but I really appreciate you taking the time. You're always a, a welcome and enjoyable guest. So thank you so much, and hopefully hey, we'll get you pleasure, back man. and work I next week. I, don't, I always like talking to you. Are you back on on the job next week? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually back on Saturday. So. Oh, good. All right. Okay. Excellent. So we'll try to we'll try to I'll, I'll try to get you earlier for next week and and we'll see if we can get something going. Thank you so much, Jez. I All appreciate right. it. Okay. Thank you. All right. We're gonna take a break. David, Susan, you're up next. We're gonna come back and set up for the between round bagel last caller of the day. You don't want to miss this. Gonna be hotly contested. People want those bagels. Twelve a dozen bagels for six months, courtesy of Between Rounds Bagel and Deli. Uh, we'll talk more when we get back. Stay with us. 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Back to the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All righty. Welcome back. Appreciate so much your, your calls and uh, information. Thank you. Thank you. Good show today, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's go right to the calls. These guys have been holding for a long time. I want to get them on. Susan from New Britain, thank you so much for holding. What's on your mind? Good morning, Pastor Will. Thank you Good for morning. taking my call. Thank you for holding so long. Thank you for the bagels. And there's something that everybody needs to be aware of. This latest funding bill in Washington includes a provision to open women's shelters to men. And we need to let our representatives and senators know that we are going to hold them accountable for their vote in November. Are they going to protect women or not? What is wrong with us, Susan? Are we are we that pandering to such a tiny percentage of the population that we're willing to put other people at risk to make right. other people feel good about whatever decision they make in life? I, I just don't understand this. Yeah, and why are they putting this in a funding bill that needs to be passed on Friday or the government's going to shut well, so down? They, so they get it snuck through. That's exactly what they want to do. I wish I could have asked Vince Candelora about that when I had him on. I didn't even know about it. Uh, well, call call Hartford, guys. Call Hartford and complain. I mean, this is this is uh, baffling. I, I don't. I can't even imagine people think this way, but they do. They're such cowards, Susan. They're such cowards. It's so disappointing that we live in a state like this. It's just um, it, it it's horrible. It's horrible. Thank you for your call. I want to go to David. David's been waiting a long time in Middletown. David, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Pastor? Well, how you doing today? Good. Good. Hey. Um. So um, two things. One, that the uh, state employee bonuses, raises, whatever you uh, want to call them. Yeah. Uh, and Pastor Will, this is getting out of hand. Uh, uh, um, already today, 56% of our budget goes to the state employees. All right. Now I'm going to add this in. All right. Then that's going to kick up our, uh, their piece of the pie. All right. Even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, um, it's already unsustainable. So the question I have is, I know they're outnumbered, but what does the uh, the Republican leadership want to do about this? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I mean they're, I think they're handcuffed. Earlier, I mean, all right, saying uh, uh, we've got a bunch of cowards. I think uh, 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 the, uh, the Republican leadership are a bunch of cowards. All right, and if that isn't bad enough, we have illegals now. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, more illegals want to get free health care, okay, paid for by who? Us. Where's the yeah. uh, so-called opposition party? Well, again, there, Where are they on this? the problem is they don't have the ability. They can make all the noise they want, and, and I, I agree with you. They need to be more noisemakers because there's not right, enough noise being right. made. But they don't have the votes, so they can't. Realistically, that's why I say this is a time for people to run because I think you can win this year if you just, just you know, I, I, jump I, I, in. I'm, 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 too many rhinos in the state. And, no, that's too many rhinos in the country. But not um, enough. All right, not enough people like Rob Sampson. 
That's yeah, no, hey, thank God. And and I think I think Vin Candelar is a decent guy. I think there's a, some there's a handful I, of people that, that are good guys. But I, I, but the problem is they don't have the numbers because we got to vote the right people in office, David. That's the key, voting the right people in office. All right, between rounds bagel. Now this is great. Uh, they they sponsor our, our they sponsor our last call of the day. Uh, they have locations in Manchester, South Windsor, Vernon, and Tallinn. And if you're the last call of the day, you get a, a dozen free bagels for six months, and that honor goes to Larry in Berlin. Larry, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Congratulations. Yes. Uh, oh, thank you, uh, Pastor Willard. You're you're a sunlight in our life. I'll tell you. And you. this thing with with the governor. How did this start with giving the state these people this money? I don't yeah. get who started well, this. I mean, this. I mean, it's gone on for time and memoriam. Governors have a, traditionally a bad reputation or bad results in negotiating with unions. Uh, it, it, that's a long time story. But this is this is an election year. So surprise, surprise, on an election year, the governor, and now that we have this COVID money floating around, which will run out eventually, and it will be back to a dumpster fire again, the governor gives out $3,500 bonuses to 43,000 state employees. Surprise, I mean, surprise, surprise. I mean, it was not very long ago. We were moaning and groaning. We had no money, and we had no money that we had well, to we, do uh, tolls and this and yeah, that. Yeah. How, how did they come up with this? Same situation, different day. We got a bunch of federal money that came in because of COVID, and, they, and they're going to spend it like drunken sailors. Larry, I got to put you on hold. Matt's going to take your information so he can mail you out the uh, Between Round Bagel uh, gift. Hey, guys, thank you so much. God bless you. Great job today, Matt. Uh, sun's out. Enjoy it. I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.